Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fantastic episode of the world-famous Chase and Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt, and I am joined by Chase. Dude, it is deer season. We are still talking deer hunting. We are getting in the deer woods. What is going on in your neck of the woods? I wish I could report a lot of great things, but I honestly haven't been in the woods that much. Um, I've had a couple of things going on, and... Well, I had some stuff going on with my bow early on, and then I've been out to the woods a little bit uh, here and there. Deer aren't really moving great right now where I'm at, especially the, the bigger bucks. Um, they haven't really started getting on their feet for that, uh, like, cruising yet, um, but it's fixing to start happening and should be busting wide open here in, in the next couple of weeks. So I've got some time scheduled off of work uh, for that. And uh, once I get done with that, then it'll be time to go to Iowa, man. So uh, I'm, I'm chomping at the bits. It's fixing to be the best time of the year in my neck of the woods. Yeah, man. I mean, your, your neck of the woods is firing off. My neck of the woods still isn't even ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> my season still isn't even going at the time we're recording this. I don't know when we'll drop this episode. But by the time uh, we do it, there's a real good chance that uh, I still won't be hunting my zone in Florida, but that's okay because very soon I will be hunting Southeast Georgia, uh, the rut down there on the WMA that there are some hammers getting pulled off of. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to actually hunt with a uh, Greg Godfrey. Isn't that right? From uh Tether? Yeah. Yep. So that should be a real yeah, good he, time. It's going to be a great time. Actually, it'll be me, Greg, and my best friend, Derek. Derek's been on the podcast a couple times um in the, in the past he's the fellow i went out to colorado with and uh he's going down there a few days before uh he's gonna be doing a lot of scouting kind of giving us the the what for down there and then uh i'm gonna get down there about midweek and and put in a day's worth of scouting and then the hunting just begins we're just gonna hit the ground running which is kind of exciting because i, I don't want to like 
set. I don't want to set everybody's expectations too high, but you know, I've been hunting. I've been hunting Florida for three, four years now. Hard. I grew up hunting Southeast Georgia. I feel like, and I could be wrong, and I probably shouldn't even say this, but I feel like I'm going to get on deer pretty quick over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got you've got a lot of experience growing up there, and uh, I think you're, that you're going to do well, and you can apply the a lot of the things that you've learned down here in the last three or four years, and I think that'll help you as well when you get up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be kind of like a homecoming. I don't know. Maybe we'll make that the series net title. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be toting the camera the whole way. We have got a perfect forecast. At no point in time will the camera not be with me, whether I'm scouting, whether I'm hunting, any of it. So I'm really excited. But uh, dude, this episode for tonight is a humdinger of an episode. Uh, Caleb Gamble from from Arkansas jumped on the phone. And uh, he, he talked all things Arkansas, Arkansas River Bottoms. And you said uh, a couple different times that, or we did, but actually both of us said a couple different times that our, where he hunts sounds a lot like Florida. Yeah, yeah. I kept some of the stuff that he kept mentioning. I, I mean, I just kept envisioning Florida and even their deer season, like their longer deer season, their gun seasons, and then just some of the terrain and things and how they have – uh, ruts that may start in October and extend through uh, late November, December, and a little bit into January. I mean, it, I just kept kind of thinking, man, this sounds like Florida <laughs> to me. So yeah. it was kind of cool to make that correlation. And we never had anybody on the podcast from Arkansas. And we mentioned, uh, it's been probably a month ago or so now, about like a state that was kind of like a, that nobody really thinks about in the south but has a lot of public land uh is arkansas so it was kind of good to kind of get that confirmation and he kind of was like hey it's it's not uncommon to kill at least where he was hunting at uh a 130 inch deer which i I thought was great yeah yeah um i i want to get caleb back on uh in fact we talked about this we teed this up we're going to do it to talk water access how he uses uh, water the learning curve that goes into there um, and I'm excited for that one because I think it's going to be a really fun episode for sure um, but we got some kind of some exciting news here uh, for everybody Chase you know uh, it's been no secret that we've been wearing scree camo this year and they have hooked us up with the promo code so if you want to save a little bit of money if you're interested in buying some scree camo uh, go to the Scree website, ScreeGear.com, and use the promo code ChasingTales. Remember, that's T-A-L-E-S in either all caps or all lowercase. Doesn't make a lick of difference either which way. And uh, that'll save you 15% off any regular pr- priced items. So go check it out. Um, they got some awesome little bundles over there as well. Some awesome gear, Chase. I mean, I've been using it since last year. You got some this year. You, you've had a good time using it. Yeah, yeah, I've had a great time using it. Uh, I've used it scouting. I've used it the times that I've been out in the woods. And I think I mentioned to you the other day that I was like, I've always kind of rocked some of the cheaper camo and things like that. And it it was, it's kind of cool to see how this gear actually works and uh, how much more enjoyable it can be when you're using that gear in a state like Florida where you're going to sweat. You got the humidity, you got the heat and all those things kind of working against you and, and how that gear can kind of help you out and keep you cooler and keep you in the stand longer. 
Right. Yeah, and we're going to do a two-part series on this. We're going to do a a series on how we layer. We're going to feature the scree layers that we've got. It's going to be kind of an early season and a late season. I think that's going to be something that, uh, honestly, we've gotten a lot of questions from people on, like, what what should I buy? What, what, what first two pieces should we have? And that's another exciting announcement that we have. On the, the idea of what two pieces should you buy, this quarterly giveaway that we're going to do, we can announce what that is, Chase. And I think this is a really fun one because what we've done is we've kind of taken some of the items that we've talked about most recently and done videos on, and we've put together a, a pot of, 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 of giveaway goodies that everybody's going to get to enjoy. First, it's the, the Alps Outdoors Pursuit Pack. We're going to be giving one of those away. And inside, we're going to throw some Titan straps in there, two 20-inch uh, Titan straps. That's been a very popular video that's been on our YouTube channel. It's good for any kind of gear, but mainly uh, I advocate the use of them to hold your Predator platform and your sticks together. And then on top of that, we're going to give away a Kaibab 170 top and 170 bottom from Scree. So you're looking at well over $300 worth of gear there uh, for this quarter of the giveaway. And if you're interested in supporting the show and winning a couple hundred dollars worth of prizes, every, you know, getting a chance to, that is, four times a year, check out the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you join. Yeah, yeah. We just gave away the Timber Ninja Sticks uh, yep. to one of our patrons, uh, Tim. And he actually just got those sticks in the mail and he was just blown away by uh, how well made they were and how light they were. He s- sent us a video of him out in the yard uh, testing them out, and he's actually fixing to use them uh, this coming up week uh, on a trip where he's going to uh, Georgia to uh, test them out. So it was good to get to give those sticks away and just to see yeah. how much uh, enjoyment that uh, he got out of it. So uh, Patreon, it's it's a real thing, and we're trying to do the best we can to – get gear that people will actually uh, use and enjoy uh, out in the woods. Yeah, absolutely. And and just a friendly reminder, that money that we raise, that goes directly into running this podcast, fuel, bill, fuel bills, equipment, license costs. We don't make any money on that. So uh, we, we, we would love to send you a sticker or a hat and some free gear four times a year if you're willing to support the show. But uh, I think with that said, let's get them on their way to Caleb. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing you a guest from a state that we have yet to discuss and, and, and has a lot to discuss. Halen from the fine state of Arkansas, we've got Caleb Gamble on the phone. Dude, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Man, better than I deserve, man. It's deer season. It was cool here for a little bit. It's, it's warmed up a little bit, so I'm not too happy about that. But it is deer season, so I've got very little to complain about. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, so Arkansas is is uh, the mecca for a lot of hunting. Uh, some hunting I think people don't really know about, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But I want to take a moment and kind of introduce you to the to the guests. So, uh, kind of give everybody the elevator pitch. Who who is Caleb, and 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 what do you uh, do with your free time? Um, Caleb, I live in a little small town of uh, Lone Oak, Arkansas, which is pretty much central. Uh, center of the state, and uh, I got three kids, married, and I'm a master plumber. Do plumbing for for my money, so I'm always doing that. But as soon as I get a spare moment, I'm either hunting or fishing, mostly on the public land. Yeah, yeah, and you you definitely spend a whole lot of time uh, chasing something. It seems like if there's a season for it, you're after it. Always, and I'll try any season if I can get a tag for it. 
<laughs> so let's talk about Arkansas because Arkansas is a state that I think is overlooked for a variety of reasons. Not necessarily that people consciously make that decision, but I just don't think Arkansas makes the dialogue as much as it should. Everybody knows that uh, you can close your eyes, pull the trigger on a shotgun, and smack down a limit of mallards in Arkansas. But I think there's more to the state. What do you, how, how do you want to go about uh, introducing everybody to, to your uh, to your home? Definitely has the ducks, um, and that's what it's known for. But it it gets overlooked, I'd say, for the for the deer and the the quality. The quality has just gotten better as I've gotten older, which the management's gotten better. Um, but as far as like these duck hunting areas that are known for all these ducks and everything are really kind of under the radar and growing really big bucks too. Cause they're most of those areas are in farm country and they just have that rich soil that grows the big deer has the genetics and the food. And that's a lot of, that's what I do hunt. And, uh, there's a lot of public land in Arkansas. I don't know, you know, a lot of people may not look into it, but there's quite a bit of it. And uh, the tags are pretty reasonable for non-resident. I mean, it's 25 for a resident, but it's a great place that gets overlooked, I think. So, Shoot, yeah, man. would be surprised what you can bring out here in Arkansas if you put your time in. Would you... Would you consider Arkansas a place that someone who's wanting to make a trip should go to? I think so. I mean, for for how much public there is, and um, I mean, you just never know what you're going to bring out of the woods. But you know, it's your chances are really good if you put in the homework and time, effort. You could you could come back with some really nice deer. I mean, you're going to see some deer. We have good numbers, so I mean. It, it's definitely worth it. I think I don't think anybody would be uh, let down by a trip to Arkansas. Right. What What's a good deer for Arkansas? Um, it's kind of by the really by the your experience and the person, I guess. But I'd say anybody could come here and you know try to. Uh, just depends on what they've killed personally or where they're at in their hunting career but um i'd set my goals for a 130 you know if if i was coming to eastern arkansas Doggone. and i don't i don't think that's a you know too high of a standard yeah yeah I, that's a serious deer man i mean that's up there with with just about any what midwest state it may be maybe better than some <laughs> yeah i mean you may change your mind once you have a bunch of nice bucks running around under you but i mean i think that's a realistic go a 130 yeah around that i was gonna say if that makes you happy i mean there's definitely bigger but i'd say 130 is where you'd want to probably stop at yeah well we're from florida so a 130 is <laughs> a giant to us so <laughs> i'm pretty sure anybody from florida coming out there seeking a 130 would be uh is going to shoot one and most guys honestly are going to shoot something if it's 100 inches or better they're probably going to shoot it coming from florida for the most part um because that's just a a good deer what's the what's the habitat like on the public land there i mean are you are you able to hunt is there kind of like a, a leased farm 
hardwood uh, deal there, or is it kind of like a, a lot of other places where it's the least desirable land is what you get to hunt from an agricultural standpoint? Uh, no, it's actually uh, really good land as far as the WMAs. I mean, it's it's big uh, hardwood timber tracks um, where I hunt. I mean, it's it's in farm country. You know, most of the farming around it's private, but it butts up to the WMAs. So, of course, the deer feed off of that, but you can hunt right up to it. Um, and some WMAs actually do... Uh, you know, food plots and that type of stuff. I don't ever hunt them because everybody hunts them. But, um, the like, the woods are hardwood timber, you know, all kinds of white oaks and red oaks and pin oaks and just about any kind of oak you can think of. And then you've just got the major rivers that run through there and just the rich, dark, fertile soil that I think helps with the genetics. And, and that's, that's in eastern Arkansas. I mean, we have... We call them mountains, but we have the Ozarks and the Washitas, and that's full of oaks and all that. But I don't really hunt that that much. I hunt. I stick mostly to the farming delta area. But there's tons of ground everywhere for people to access. Um, just all up from pretty much the top of the state, all the way down to the south end of the state. Just follow the main rivers down through the state there, and there's all kinds of tracks down through there yeah so abundance amount of public land is what you're telling us there's tons just look it up all you gotta do is find <laughs> from the arkansas the white and the mississippi river from the top of the state to the bottom all converge together run down and there's just there's that's where i mean there's areas all the way down the whole length of the state top to bottom Right, and you were mentioning earlier, I think before we got on, is that the, you thought that the, the deer herd was in good condition in Arkansas? There were good numbers? Oh, yeah. I don't think it's struggling at all. I mean, it fluctuates, of course, and we we get quite a bit of flooding and stuff, and that I don't know that many lately have suffered from it. I know they may get moved out of an area, and some in particular that I hunt have been under for quite a while so i'm sure they have to move to higher ground at some point but it seems like they always go home once they can so i don't think it bothers them too much so a a lot a lot of people um when they talk about an abundance of land i hear river bottoms i think about people having to go really deep to get away from people you you kind of mentioned how uh, the, the planted areas tend to, to get a lot of focus. Do you find yourself having to work really hard to get away from pressure in Arkansas? Uh, sometimes on certain areas and certain times of the year, like early season, everybody's on public, I think, just because they're, especially this year with the virus and all that mess, I think everybody's just trying to get outside. But um Everybody's just all gung-ho, which we've had really nice weather, too. It's been a great opening uh, week this year. Uh, Besides, the mosquitoes are still bad. (laughs) (laughs) I went out there thinking the mosquitoes weren't going to be bad, but they're pretty bad. But, yeah, uh, I mean, it's just overlooked areas. I mean, I do go far in certain times, but there's a lot of places that get overlooked that are sometimes right next to the road that are easy to get to they just don't get 
you know, they get overlooked. Sure. So you just kind of got homework on that, see what people are doing and kind of do what they're not doing. Do you have a traditional rut in Arkansas? It it kind of starts like from the west part. I I mean, it even shows there's some stuff on it on Game and Fish, but um, seems to start where I'm at, like maybe Thanksgiving. But it, I think it kind of has to do with the years and the floods. I think they breed later in the eastern part of the state, just so they drop their young later because it seems to flood in the winter and then drop mm-hmm. out in the spring. So maybe they drop them later. I mean, that's my theory, but they you'll see some late running in December. I've even seen them chasing in January. So it, it kind of starts in the western part of the state, October, and then just kind of goes the further you come towards the Mississippi, the later it is. Hmm. Okay, so you could, if you were living in Arkansas, you could kind of chase the rut for a little while. From you definitely October. could on public land, yes. Hmm. That was, that's kind of what you guys were saying too with Florida. Yeah. 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 Kind of move around with the rut. I have friends that hunt uh, kind of more of the Ozark area. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of done after about the first, before Thanksgiving. They're like, oh, they're not doing anything. I'm like, man, they're just getting fired up where I'm at. And they think I'm crazy, but that's just <laughs> they've never hunted. You know, they're kind of intimidated by the, the flooded stuff and the swampy grounds. But yeah. I'm kind of attempting by the hills, I guess. I've just I've hunted it some, but not a whole lot. Yeah, we well, there's a popular theory here in Florida that a lot of the rut is influenced by the very same thing, flooding, because you know you have the Everglades and you have your 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 uh, rainy season that comes in and floods the ground, and they believe that that's greatly you know pushed when when uh, the fawns drop. So I, I bet you it's probably a similar dynamic there, and it, it actually kind of seems. Seems kind of cool that you've got a late rut that's influenced in a way that uh, I, I previously thought was unique to Florida. Yeah, it definitely is. I feel it's that way. It just, I mean, it, they some people say it's just this two weeks every year, but I mean, I've just seen it. I've hunted over there my whole life, and you'll see deer breeding in January, and then you see fawns, you know, going into the next season, uh, like right now with spots on them over there. So I mean, you know they're getting bred late, and they're yeah, they're mm-hmm. fawns later. So they just adapt to whatever I guess whatever the conditions they're dealt with. I, I could see that for sure. So, what would you if you had to summarize? You know, there's all the favorite catchphrases out there. There's the Eberhart tactics, the Beast tactics, the kayak tactics, all this different stuff. How would you describe? How you approach uh, the whitetail woods on kind of a a, a day in day out basis? Uh, all those tactics put into my, my own. <laughs> Take a little of everybody's and just make it what you need it to be for you. Um, I mean, I do. I, I like. I've done it all. I guess just by trial and error and just not having success. So, um, you know, I I tend to stick to the bedding areas. I hunt them as. I'm always thinking about bedding areas. I mean, I know you got to have the food and the the water and the everything else, but I'm always looking for bedding areas where just security cover where I think they're going to be, especially whenever other people get in the woods and where they feel safe. And then I go from that and try to find food, you know, the closest food from that, those areas. Mm-hmm. 
And if you find it all, that's when I find the most success is when I find the best cover and it has the food and the water's closed, which usually I don't have problems with water in that area. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. But also I, I, you can use the water for access too. I use a Piro so that uh, if it gets up that high, it kind of helps dictate where you're going to go. They're going to walk those higher areas. Uh, but then you can go in a little more scent free and quiet. And then if you're successful, it's a lot easier to get them out too. You just throw them in the Piro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what, what I focus on first is just where are they? Where are they hanging out? Sure. Where they, where they feel safe. Then I find food from there. So, okay. Go ahead, Chase. No, I was just going to go. I was just going to ask, well, how are you uh, locating the deer? Are you using trail cameras, boots on the ground? Like what's your methods of locating uh, the deer that you want to go after? Mostly boots on the ground. I used to do cameras, but it just, the cameras wouldn't work. I was going in there too much. I'd get discouraged. And then I come to find out the deer just walked behind the camera, not in front of it. So I'm thinking, there, <laughs> not good. Uh, I go out there, my cameras either went underwater or got stolen. So then I'm hanging cameras up high, having to climb trees to hang cameras. Then I forget the stick, you know, and the, I can't check the camera. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of, it was just more headaches. I know people that I have buddies that do it and they're successful doing it. And I like seeing the cameras and the pics with all the, you know, stuff, but it just, it, it, uh, it was more aggravating to me and just, it played mine. I guess I just had mind games with the cameras. So I just kind of put them to the side and I'm, I just, I go with, uh, finding, locating all those areas where I think they're at. And then I go find the freshest sign at that time. And then try to figure out what they're doing. Where are they going to feed? Why are they doing it? And hopefully, when are they doing it? And then try to get in there as tight as I can. Well, what's fresh sign look like to you early season in Arkansas? Uh, it looks like uh, like the other – me and a buddy hunted just the other day. I've only hunted twice so far this year. Just been kind of sitting back waiting. And because um, it opens October – or it's actually the first – saturday now it used to be october 1st but that may be like a monday or a tuesday so they open it on the first saturday of the last weekend of september pretty much okay that way it's now it's always on a saturday but we hunted last week in an area and i haven't been in the woods since turkey season i do a lot of scouting after season and some, I guess, because our season's into February, so usually I'm done, so I'll go February look at stuff just because you can see everything and what they're doing. But um, I just went to an area because we were just trying to hunt and hopefully kill a doe or something. We weren't, you know, we're not too serious yet. But I knew where our bedding area was pretty close to the road, and it's full of every kind of acorn tree. And uh, we just did a quick loop in there and found – really fresh sign and they're actually the red oaks are dropping right now and so i was set up on a red oak less than 100 yards from a big swamp area that i know a lot of deer uses a bedding area but it's perfect wind it's easy to get to and most people there was a lot of traffic but there's a main road or logging road i guess you'd say 
and everybody was kind of going down it and actually going further, which was kind of, it's kind of funny, but we're hunting. I mean, I can see my truck, but the sign was, um, I mean, it almost looks like hogs are in there because there's, there was two red oaks. One was actually 12 yards from my tree and then the other one's about 35, but they, it just looks like, uh, hogs rooting in there right now but there's tons of you know there's no hardly any leaves under the, it's all stirred up under the tree there's fresh acorns there really there was no acorns because they were eating them they're just cleaning them up but the caps are there and uh there's just fresh droppings everywhere you know because they're spending a lot of time there right and, and then my buddy pretty much he was about maybe 300 yards from me same bedding area but he was hunting uh we found a a locust tree that was dropping, you know, the bean pods. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, they were hammering that. So he set up on that. And he had a buck come in at 4.30. He's a little six point. He filmed it, and it, it stayed there till dark. And he had a couple other does, but they didn't ever come in. But I messed up. Just I wasn't paying attention. I was more on my phone first day. Telling everybody I'm in the woods, uh, <laughs> taking selfies and that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've got a new saddle and I wasn't uncomfortable. I hadn't moved in like four hours, and instead of looking around, I just stood up on my platform and threw my arms up, stretching. And I just happened to look <laughs> and twelve yards at that red oak. There's a doe standing there, looking straight up at me. So. <laughs> Need to say she she blew and ran off because he texted me right after that wondering if uh, is that deer blowing at you and I was like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) got me pinned so but I mean it was like a successful afternoon we saw deer I had two more come in but it was kind of late and I they actually came into the tree at twelve one was under my tree but I drew back on them but I just couldn't see my pins clear enough to get a shot so I just let them I had to stay in my tree for about 45 more minutes but that's kind of what what we were looking at the other day anyway as far as sign but they're coming right out of the bedding area they're staging up in those little the first food from that because that swampy area i mean as far as i guess they could you know it's all green right now so they could browse on anything but they're coming straight to those first trees that are dropping and us going out after that after dark yeah, I think then they go out into the main hardwoods and feed all night. So, right. let's uh, let's talk about the bedding area because it doesn't sound like you're hunting beds like themselves so much as you're definitely hunting bedding like regions, areas where deer are bedding. And I, I've really started to push recently into river bottom creek areas here in Florida. Um, and sometimes those areas are wide open as far as the eye can see with just, you know, grass and vines that doesn't feel very appealing for bedding cover. Right. Um, what does ideal or, or maybe most commonly, what do you see as bedding cover in Arkansas? Um, for the most part, it's usually just the thickest, nasty stuff I can find, but it's not always that way. I mean, it just, it's really just where people don't hunt. I mean, it could be. You know, just places that that's thicker but doesn't have the good trees that people will hunt. Um, I know, I, I, I mean, sometimes every once in a while you'll see bucks in Arkansas. They'll be bedded in the wide open timber, you know, against a blowdown. Mm-hmm. 
they have a little bit of security cover there, but they can see everything. You can see you coming from a mile away. But I just don't set up on those because it's just, I mean, you just, you're busted before you even get started. <laughs> yeah. But, so, I mean, I don't, I've tried to figure out the whole buck bedding and it just, it was, I just couldn't find it as far. I mean, I you can find some of it, I guess. I know it's a buck, but I mostly am just looking, even if it's just does bedding in an area, there's usually bucks around, but I'm looking for big, bigger bedding areas that holds a lot of deer. Most of the ones I hunt, I mean, I have, you'll watch a bunch of does come out and then bucks come out, but it's so big. But I mean, you'll set up on, um, you'll find scrapes and roads that are coming, that are really right on the edge of those bedding areas. And once I'm trying to kill a buck, you know, I'm setting up on those areas or close to it where there's food from that. Gotcha. So, so you're, um, so you're looking for thick cover, and once you find that, you're then looking for evidence that the deer, that the kind of deer that you're looking for, are there. And there's like like a almost like an and thing for you, right? Like you find the thick cover, and then you find food, or you find rubs, or something like that. Am I... Yeah, you've got a lot of that thick cover, and there's nothing really going on there. I mean, if there's not fresh sign, I'm not going to hunt it. Gotcha. It, it may have been good two weeks ago, or it may be good in two weeks. It just depends on, I guess, you know, the time of year, the pressure, the food. It just, there's a lot of factors. But if I'm not finding fresh sign, I'm not hunting it. I'm just going to move on. So I, that's what, like, when I was saying I go, I guess, in February through turkey season, I'm looking for all these areas, just marking them. Like, my onyx, just, it, the whole thing's orange. <laughs> Just every one of them, because plus you just never know. Like year before last, I killed a really nice buck. I was going to another bedding area that morning, but I passed three people going in, shining lights at me. So I just said, "Screw this!" I, I'm, I'm, there was another one that I hadn't even hunted, but I marked it, and it was just in my mind the whole time. But I just wanted to go to these other ones that I was more familiar with. So I was like, "Now is better time than any," since I'm getting shined at every. 100 yards so yeah. I backed out and just i found that one on my map parked parallel with it and just uh i didn't take a stand that morning i put on a ghillie suit and just kind of eased my way in there really i was scouting but i was you know took my bow and if something was to happen i'd try to capitalize on it but i ended up seeing a ton of deer in there that morning and then i, I actually saw the buck that i killed that afternoon but he was betting on a, it was just, it's a real small, it's really just a beaver pond. It comes off of a bigger swampy area, kind of from the where I was wanting to hunt. But again, there was nobody hunting in there. So I'm assuming he had moved down and he was betting out on this little, uh, it's a beaver pond, but it kind of had a clump of tree, a little hill out there and three or four trees out there and a bunch of cane and cattails. And he come out of there feeding with the uh, does. They're actually, it was in, uh, it was, that was Christmas Eve day. So it was December 24th. And he was eating uh, mostly um, green uh, briars. That's what they were feeding hmm. on. And so I went back in there. Um, I went and got some to eat real quick, went back in there and hung my stand at one o'clock and got in it. And then I killed him about 30 minutes before dark he actually come back out 
did the same thing, but it took forever. I didn't think he was going to, I kind of was like, well, I'm not going to get him tonight. And then he turned right at last light and beelined it to my tree. And then I shot him. So, I mean, just having a lot of those areas for me is, you know, you can just bounce around and find which one's hot that day. How do you how do you go about picking a spot per se? If if you're always hunting for a sign, do you find yourself walking in midday and and hunting in the evenings, having identified fresh sign? How do you kind of make that decision? Yes, most of the time I'll go to, um, you know, just uh, spots that I do know in mornings, or say like uh, if I wanted to hunt that spot where I killed that buck, I'd go there in the morning if the wind was favorable where I wanted to go. Uh, it may be a bust in the morning, but then I would get down, check it out. And uh, if there's no sign in there, I'm going to move to another spot. Or if there is sign, I'm probably going to go back in there and give it an afternoon. Uh, or you may have to walk down it. You know, you may move three or 400 yards from where you thought you were going to hunt because they're hitting a red oak down there on that side of that beaver pond. Mm-hmm. You know, if everything lines up with the wind and all that. But that one actually is really close to the road, too. That was another reason I was kind of wanting to go to that other spot that day. I just thought I needed to go further back because I was seeing a lot of people. But I was kept thinking, I need to hunt this spot. But I was like, no, that's right on the road. But then once I got kind of pushed out of that spot, I was like, and, and it was already cracking daylight. I just eased into that spot, and that's where all the deer were. Yeah, it it makes sense. I, I've I've done a fair amount of that um, in recent years. I, I've started to kind of uh, Florida's a weird place, and it seems like a lot of times I I found myself getting in a rut where I would you know say to myself, "Deer should be here," and then I'd hunt that spot a while instead of trying to find that pocket of deer. Uh, yeah, where, where the fresher sign was and maybe it, you know, maybe I, I kind of had to get used to the idea that maybe I'd walk in and walk back out that day and not have found anything worth hunting over. Yeah. It's taken me a long time to do that. I feel like if I'm not in a tree or I used to, if I wasn't in the tree, I wasn't going to kill anything, but it was, it's really just the opposite. The more time I spend on the ground looking for fresh sign, plus, uh, that year, it was the year before last, I got I bought that ghillie suit off Amazon. It's a cheap, I think it's Red Rock or something, but um, I walked up on so many deer just in their habitat doing the thing, feeding <laughs> and just take your time. And like you're, you know, when you're a kid learning how to slip and shoot squirrels, that's kind of how I'm hunting or just walking through the woods, but I'm looking for sign, but I'm also looking ahead, looking for binoculars, looking for deer and just kind of examining everything but you just find stuff you can just be where where it's hot instead of over here in your old spot where you hoping he comes by which i've done for a long time (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i I think it's a lot more time walking now than i did right yeah that seems to be a common theme with uh hunters that are super successful as you'll hear that they'll spend way more time scouting than they actually spend hunting Mm -hmm. and you're kind of validating that with hey i'm willing to give up a hunt or two just to be able to find the freshest sign so i'm not really just wasting time in certain areas that's it you're gonna 
at first you're going to be like, man, I need to be hunting. But you, you are hunting. You're hunting for the fresh sign. And then you feel so confident going in. Once you find it, you like, you know, tonight's the night. And a lot of times it is. You just, you know, to me, even if, I mean, I want to kill them and get the shot, but just seeing them and you knowing you're in that area and almost getting them is almost just as sweet because you know you're in you're in the ball game instead of being over in left field, you know, or really right field, not getting anything, not getting any action over there. Right. But you're still, you know, you're suited up like everybody else, but you're not getting to play. So, right. Yeah. How often? How often do you sit the same spot twice? Um, just depends on what I'm seeing, but I'd say now no more than three or four times. And. Well, I'd probably no more than two times in a row. I'd have to be seen a lot to go back. Sure. But most of the time, I don't sit in the same spot more than four times in the season. Okay. Yeah. Now, how how do you just now do you have like multiple areas? Like how how do you do it with maybe like if you're going in or something, you're going okay. Well, the wind's all wrong for that area. Maybe I need to go try these spots today to find fresh sign. Yep, that's all, that's all I look at is the wind and all my spots. I'm just I go cross-eyed looking at my maps. <laughs> if I'm not, I'm even when I'm at work, you know, at lunch, like today, I'm checking the wind, which I'm on call right now, so not gonna be much hunting this weekend. So I'm kind of glad that it's supposed to be a turd floater and wash everybody's weekend away. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not too mad about it. But, uh, yeah, I'm just always looking at that stuff. But like, I have a lot of uh, access, not f- too far from my house. So I've got uh, two different WMAs, and then another place, and they're all public. And you know, I may hunt this WMA, but then I'm a little further the next day, or even that afternoon, looking at a whole other spot. But I'm just constantly looking for those, that just all those areas and marking them. And then from there, trying to find what they're doing from there. You know they're there at some point. You just got to go back and find if they're there now and what they're doing now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, – and, it, it, and a lot of it's pressure, too. Because, I mean, every, a lot of people can find the stuff, so – how many people are doing it, you know, I'm sure dictates what the deer are doing too. A big buck's not going to stay around if, if uh, you know, he's getting pressured a lot. And he may stay in that area. You may just have to move on down and find another tree that's right on the edge of the bedding or maybe even in it. Sometimes, you know, I'll hunt in the bedding areas. I try not to go all the way in the bedding area first, but um, later in the season, I'll get right in the middle of it. Sure. So, what? So, let me throw like a hypothetical out there at you. You you find one of these spots. It's got the sign you're looking at, but it's nothing but scrub bucks that are coming through. If you if you're seeing deer, but maybe not the quality of deer that you're looking for, how does that impact your decision when you're when you're you know figuring out if you're going to go back there? It pro- if it's, I would think there's a buck in the area, but um, if the sign's there and stuff, but 
I'd probably give it two sits if I'm sitting here and I'm not getting busted. But I'm not going to just keep on it because I think you're educating them anyway. They know sure. after a whole lot. And a lot of times, I'll even if I do hunt the area or really close, I'm still going to move to a different tree if, if I can. But I'm not going to just wait and wait and wait. I may, I may hunt it, say I hunt it two times, don't see what I want to see. But I didn't, you know, I'm seeing deer, seeing bucks, didn't get busted. I'm going to keep it on the radar and probably go back, maybe give it a week, go back in there and see if he is in there now or if he just moves that day or what. But mm-hmm. that's kind of like with not running cameras, you know, it, it is a guessing game. But the cameras just hurt me too much. It just played with my head. I just want to pull my hair out. <laughs> it, it works for guys. I've got a lot of friends that do it, so – Right. I just I don't like the headache anymore. It's so much easier to not have them for me. <laughs> yeah, because then if a 150 gets walks out, you're surprised as opposed to having him on trail camera all the time too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know they're there. The areas I hunt, I know the the good deer are there. I know you just have to be there when they're there. Hopefully, right. cross cross that path. Right. Now, how do you make, do you transition any once the, the rut gets closer? Are you doing anything different? Are you still just hugging bedding areas with a hot sign for food? Or is that when you transition to the scrapes and rubs and stuff? Um, I look for all that sign. I would say if I can find that perfect spot, like multiple areas or bedding areas, I will. I mean, because a lot of people like pinch points and their funnels. And I mean, I'll hunt that a little bit during the rut. If I know, if I'm seeing that they're really, you know, seems like they're rutting and chasing, and but uh, I'd want to be still pretty tight to bedding. But if there's, I've got a couple spots that are two bedding areas are pretty close, and there's some pretty pinch down stuff like with the river or some water where they have to go through there. Um, those are really good spots, and I'll sit on those all day during the rut. It's a it's. I don't like sitting all day, but I'll do it some. But I do hunt a lot. I do hunt a lot till about 12.30, 1 o'clock. My two biggest deer I killed at uh, 12.05 and about 12.15, you know, at noon. And that's when a lot of people are going. I actually saw people and heard people talking and going back. And I just, I actually got down, moved a little further into the bedding area. And then... So it sounds like you kind of have a pattern that you've identified in this area and it just always, I won't say it always works because you don't kill every time you go out, but how long does, is this something that you kind of stumbled upon on your own and, or how did you go about, you know, figuring out that this worked for your area so well? A lot of failure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what am I not doing? Because I am doing this all the time, and it's not working. Uh, but I just felt like I was doing what everybody's doing, which, you know, you try to get advice from everybody. and But then once you realize they're not killing anything either, I'm like, why would I do what they're doing? Sure. But you start looking at what people aren't doing, but everybody looks for food. I mean, you can kill a deer any, you know, scenario on bedding or on food or just running across the field chasing a toe but for me it's been more just focusing on security cover where they feel safe 
and they can get away from the people because we're hunting public land. So, you know, they want to eat and you know, they want to breed, but you know, that covers somewhere where they can escape and get away. I got you. So I stick to that because that's just where they are for the most part. I know they move and bounce around and I'm sure that's from food sources changing throughout the season. Plus, you know, if they're still thinking about does, they're going to move, um, you know, close to wherever they are. So if I can find bedding areas, that, I'm just seeing a lot of does. I'll hang out around the, and bounce around in those areas hoping to run into a buck because he's doing the run. He's going to be – he's not going to be far. Mm-hmm. But he's got to eat sometime. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It. It's interesting. I mean, did you did you start off being a mobile hunter that hunted the swamps? What did that evolution look like for you? Um. Well, I've always kind of once I, I've I grew up around these places fishing a lot with my grandpa. He didn't really. I mean, he hunted, but he just wasn't that hardcore into it. He didn't. He could care less if he killed one or not. He just wanted to be involved. He'd rather be at camp, you know, cooking for everybody. But he always took me. And uh, I knew there was big deer in these areas. So once I could start driving myself, I got a, you know, a 30-pound climbing stand and my bare white <laughs> and just went after it and uh, just kind of went from there. But I was hunting close to the road. Hunt, you know, I'd find a white oak tree because everybody said that was the best. And I would see deer on occasion and miss a lot. But um, you see those real pretty food plots, hunt those, not see anything. You just learn to walk further than the next guy or go instead of going to that food plot on the right side of the road, go on the left side of the road where everybody's not going. And, you know, you just start finding out more things where deer are and where people aren't. So, do you feel like these deer hang out uh, in the river bottoms year-round, or do you feel like they kind of move back and forth? Because one of the things I've noticed is we have these very vast river bottoms, and I I, I ran cameras starting last year just because I needed, like, a little bit of visual confirmation. Uh, I wasn't really looking to identify my, my top five target deer, but I just wanted to make sure that, you know, that there was a deer in there worth me going after, or, or deer in general. Um, and I noticed that they tended to, to stray away from the river bottoms. It was almost as if as the season progressed, whether it was food sources changing, whether it was pressure being applied, it seemed like the activity in those swamps was very low early on. And as the season progressed, the deer kind of got pushed in there. Do you uh, see similar things or, or, or do you think you have resident deer that just always hang out there? Um, on one area, it's resident deer just because it's such a nice WMA, and I don't think they go as far, I'd say. I mean, it's we call it the GQ woods just because it's so nice and manicured, but um, there's another spot that's on a major river, and I feel like those deer travel a lot more, especially in the rut, because we've even got them on camp where we used to do it. You know, we'd get the same buck a mile away the sure. next day and but i guess he's just running ragged i don't know what he's doing you know worried about breeding more than being where he's comfortable in i don't know but 
Um, yeah, I'd say the major rivers, it seems like they travel more and move. But they do transition, too. I know early season, like, I can see all kinds of real nice bucks, if, you know, a couple months ago on all the farmer soybeans that are private that border these places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, you can look at them and take your pictures and talk about them, but they're not going to be there when the season opens. They're going to move off of that. They they keep up with the season, so they know when it opens. And they move further back off of that. They always have. So they definitely right. move around. And then once the, the aprons start falling, you know, I don't think it matters about the soybeans and that stuff anyway. They go to that. But then they like this year. I'd say you know it's there's a lot of people in the woods for some reason. I'm just assuming it's because of the, all the crap we've been going through. But I don't know how that's going to affect them this year. And maybe that'll die down too. I don't know. But like the other day, everybody there was a lot of people hunting on this road. We weren't. We were pretty close to the that main access road, but we were hunting right off of the gravel road. But everybody was going down that logging road and going further back but it's such an easy road if if you had access to if it was legal you could drive a car down it it's that nice mm. so i think everybody was just going down it and then they you know thought they were going for and then they just because most places or we saw where people were on they were just hunting right off the edge of that road but they were walking they're actually walking a long way but i mm. think you know Deer moved there right now. They they were up by the road because everybody's further in there. Interesting. Yeah, that's it's it was. I'm interested to see if this year holds a similar pattern to last year because last year it was very like cut and dry. Uh, whether it was the acorns dropping or whether it was the hunting pressure, it went from no deer on camera, no deer on camera to deer all hours of the night. You know, coming by these cameras. Um, but last year was a really weird year for food. We had we had zero acorns, so it kind of makes sense that you know you you could at least hypothesize that uh, you know the deer may not have been in those bottoms because they were up in the you know piney areas where the where the the stem count was maybe a little higher and they they, they could browse. Um, yeah, they're definitely going to move where the food is. I, 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 the does anyway, and then the bucks are going to follow. Right, but like that's. I've, I, my spot died, or where I was seeing a lot of deer year before last. When I said I killed that buck, I had to move, and then I had to move again because of the people, and they were eating greenbrier. You know, I hadn't even thought about that, but I just went in there and observed it, and that's what they were doing. There were some pin oaks still here and there, but that year there just wasn't a lot of acorns, and uh, it was kind of weird. Like, I really like to set up find a hot white oak but that year i never really found one that was i i mean i found some dropping but they weren't hot there wasn't enough sign that i was like i'm not gonna sit up on that mm-hmm. and i would have 10 years ago right right but uh, i killed that buck i mean eating greenbrier but he was in a real it really i mean it was secluded area it was hard to get to it was right on the road or not too far off the road, but you had to cross two little bodies of water with waders. And um, then it was just thick, thick cane. And then that, you know, he just had everything. I mean, he had the food there, the cover. There was no 
sound of anybody hunting in there. And then he was just coming right out and feeding right there on the side of that little area where all those greenbriars were growing. Right. Now, does, is there a lot of bow hunters in Arkansas? Or I, I know y'all have a gun season, right? Y'all have a general gun season in Arkansas? Yeah, it's like five weeks. It's a freaking massacre. <laughs> 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 Orange Army comes out. Um, I mean, I do it too, so... I still like gun hunting. I like to hear them go off, smell the gunpowder. It's just tradition, but I don't do it a whole lot. I mostly bow hunt, but I'll get I'll try to get permits. There's permits you can draw for these areas. Uh, most of them are three to five days, and um, during that, it's only permit holders. So if you didn't draw, you can't be on it that week that it's open. Um. But that's what I do like about that, those places. They're only, and that's another thing to think about Arkansas. A lot of these are bow only areas. They don't get all that. Oh, interesting. Gun. So all the private land around it is getting hammered by gun hunters. And then you've got all these acres that's nothing but bow only. So that's something to take into consideration too. They have a safe haven to go and get old. Sure. You know, let's get killed by one of us bow hunters. Fanatics. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, now, is there dog hunting allowed in Arkansas? In certain zones, but not, they're just about to get rid of, I mean, there's not very many anymore. Really? Okay. okay. There's none over where I'm at. In the eastern part of the state, there's none. Hmm, and uh, okay. there's a couple areas that are shotgun only, kind of like Iowa. Right. right. Uh, there's one area over there that I don't really, I've hunted it some, but I don't hunt it much. It's actually for sale. It's in a big deal. Everybody's signing up to petition because the state's trying to sell it to a private person and it's the WMA right now. Oh, that's crap. But, yeah. So we're, it, it's looking better. I mean, they've got some state representatives backing it up, trying to save it. I mean, it's a really good area and it's, in that one little area, there's not it's the place to hunt, or you have to travel further. So there's a lot of locals fighting for it. But it's in a shotgun area, and it's a really good. There's real big deer in that area, just because you know they just you know with shotgun hunt. Hmm. But for the most part of the state, it's wide open. You can shoot. You know, I guess your fifty cal. That's what you want to use. <laughs> Right. <laughs> for the for the five weeks that y'all get? Yeah, there's five well, there's like five weeks of gun and then you have a it used to be an old early doe season weekend. It was antlerless only, but they moved it to December this year because they've had a lot of complaints about that. And then you have a a two weeks of muzzleloader in October and then like a week in I want to say it's in January or December, end of December. Yeah, that's what it is. You have a Christmas, right after Christmas, the 26th, 27th, and 28th, you have a a gun season. They call it the holiday, Christmas holiday hunt. That's rifle. Then you have just on the telling of that. So pretty much you have three days of gun and three days of muzzleload right after Christmas. So there's a, there's a lot of firepower that goes on through the state. 
Mm. Right. And how long's the season there? Doesn't Arkansas season go a little bit longer? Is it through February or to February? Yeah, end of February, last day of February. End of February. Wow. Now are a lot of the deer now have the deer dropped their antlers by then or are there still some holding on? I killed I killed one last year. It was January twenty seventh. And uh, you'll see, especially in the eastern part of the state, I had a mid 140s on a WMA on camera whenever I ran cameras. It was actually my brother in law's. But we went back. We should have hunted that digger, but we had kind of started thinking about crappie fishing because the weather was nice. But he was uh, going to this food plot that was way off. Uh, it was hard to get to. But, um, we just put a camera on it and found one of his sheds, but he had his, he had his until the first couple of weeks of March. Right? right. So I guess, I don't know if that's, you know, the genetics and the health of the deer or what, but a lot right. of deer hold their horns through the season anyway. I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like here. We'll have deer. I've seen deer down here. Our season normally ends like January 20th, somewhere around there. And I've seen deer holding their antlers up to like middle of March, almost April before, um, down here. Um, just cause it, it's, they're not, they're not getting any harsh winters or anything like that. And like you said, if they're, if they're healthy, then they're, they're, they're probably not going to lose their antlers. That's um, us. It's not soon. super cold here. I mean, you'll have winters that I guess super cold to us, but you know, I, I guess the <laughs> guys will probably laugh at us. Right, <laughs> but our deer don't struggle i'd say the floods mess with them more than anything mm. what uh what's a big body sized deer there um it depends on what region you're in okay uh, like the south part of the state where all the pines that we have timber company you know a 130 pound buck is pretty average but over where I'm at in the Delta, you know, they're pushing 200 pounds, a lot of them. That's so, grown. Um, I killed one that was 215 or 216. It was well over 200 pounds, you know, pretty good over 200 pounds. But right. most of them are going to be over 165 pounds that you kill over in the Delta, at least that. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, Arkansas is sounding a lot like Florida to me. Walter. Yeah, it, it really, um, it really it, is. I, longer gun seasons. Uh, he's hunting swamp. I mean, even the deer, like body size ranges, are kind of there as well. Because I, in my area, yep. I mean, I've killed deer that are 190, pushing 200 pounds in Florida. Uh, but you go to South Florida or some other areas around here where they might go 120, 130. Um, same type thing, depending on the soil quality and what they're eating. And if you go to um, South Arkansas, that's where that I was telling y'all about the deer lease. I mean, that's that's for me to turkey hunt, and if I'm just want to get away, but it's for it's five thousand acres of timber company, and we lease it. But um, that's to get my kids. They're pretty hooked. My daughter, my oldest daughter, has killed her deer down there, but. It's, it's, you know, it's mostly pines. They'll leave anywhere there's water drainage or a creek, they leave, you know, a buffer. So that's where the hardwoods are on each side of that. 
so you can still hunt, you know, oak trees and stuff, but it's real sandy soil down there, and the deer just don't get that big down there. I mean, you'll they don't have a lot of mass, and the body weight's just a lot less down there, but there's a ton of deer down there. If you just want to go have fun, it's a real game-rich environment, and there's hogs running around everywhere, and I mean, it's a good time. What, what's the, what, what, so you said, you know, it's not uncommon to find a, a, a 130. Um, d- how does that change when you get down in that southern part you're talking about? Uh, 130 down there is like killing a, I'd say a 160. Gotcha. Up here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chase, I, 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 I won't yeah. lie to you, man. This, I, you, we, we get to talk to people all over the country and, and throughout that I'm interested in hunting everywhere, but this sounds like the kind of place that I think if you and I went, we'd feel at home and excited at the same time. Yeah. You yeah. can go any direction and find something, whatever you want. I'll say that. Sure. We just have, we have mountains. Uh, we have, you know, the low swampy country. Then we have just the pine plantations. Uh, and then, Kind of in the central state, you get into a mix of it. Yeah. So, but I just, I, I like, I just like hunting the river bottoms. That's where I grew up hunting and it's just home to me. So, plus that's just where the bigger deer are too. So, we'll, deer we'll, we'll bleep that part out. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> They're not good at all. a lot of snakes and mosquitoes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sounds awesome, like Florida. <laughs> You're not going to scare anybody from Florida. Yeah, no. <laughs> Coming up there. I heard the trucks kick on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well. Sense. Y'all want to make a trip, you definitely should try Arkansas. I uh, don't think you'd be disappointed. I mean, honestly, I'm sitting here thinking that, uh, Chase, we need to load up and grab old Parker McDonald and make a trip out to Arkansas at some point in time. I, I told him to come on. I I won't hold his hand, but I'll. Hell, I've even made a row before. Yeah, we've got we've got a few. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> got a farmhouse uh, that we that my father-in-law and some friends bought. We, it's called Blind Luck, just because we it was we just found it by Blind Luck, but uh, we bought it and it's right on the entrance to one of the. WMAs, so we're right there in the middle. You can be, let's see, you can one of them you're looking at, and then the other one you can be there in ten minutes. The other one in fifteen. Mm. So you oh. get, you've got three WMAs, you know, all under fifteen minutes from the front door of that place. Hey, take on, man. Well, what what are the sizes of these WMAs? Oh, I'm um, looking at them. Some of them are pretty substantial. You're looking at some of them are, you know, ten thousands of or ten thousand acres maybe. Some are over twenty, and then some are, you know, one hundred sixty thousand acres. Wow. It just depends on which one, and some of them kind of join, especially if you look along the rivers. You know, it, one may end, but it just flows into another one. It just okay. okay. It's all the timber that follows the rivers, so. Just keeps going. 
Yeah, Chase, when I look at this on Onyx, dude, I swear to God I'm looking at Florida just with better habitat. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's really interesting. It's it's I, I've never looked at the public land in Arkansas. I kind of figured – I don't know why I thought this, but I kind of felt like Arkansas would end up a lot like um, like Texas in that there would be a lot of, of – a lot more private land. But, I mean, you look at this – you turn on the, the, the public land filters on Onyx, and that state comes to life. Yeah, we're we're rich with public land. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember we did an episode. We actually did an episode talking about states to hunt in the south. And we, we kind of mentioned Arkansas just because I looked it up on the thing and just saw how much public land they had. They had a gun season. There were all kinds of things that I saw. I was like, oh, well, it looks like there's at least a lot of places to hunt. And I've seen some quality deer come out of there uh, before. Yeah, just, so. just look at it, Google it and look, or whatever you got to do and look it up you'll see a lot of really nice deer right you'll be pleasantly surprised (laughs) yeah and uh, like the the land is just endless i mean you'd have to spend a lot of you'd be coming back and back and back before you even knew where you really wanted to go there's so much land i mean i don't i don't even you know i've from here and I, there's still a lot of places i want to go and have it hunted here in the state so yeah, yeah. the season is just not long enough <laughs> <laughs> well dude chase unless you've got any questions i've got a closer for caleb um no i'm i'm good all right good deal so caleb are you ready for this one sure all right I, this is kind of a variant i ask almost every guest the same question if time is available and here here we go you go back to your earliest deer hunting self, earliest deer hunting self, and you're going to impart one piece of wisdom that will forever change your path as a deer hunter. What singular piece of advice are you going to share with your younger self? I'd say relax. Just relax. It'll, it'll all work out. <laughs> Have patience. That, I, that's, patience. A, that's a first, man. <laughs> 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 I don't think I don't think anybody's ever responded with that one. <laughs> what what do you Some mean old, what do, what do you mean by that? Break into that a little bit more. Well, just being overwhelmed with everything and thinking it's got to happen right now. I mean, it'll it'll you just got to it takes time, you got to learn it and just enjoy it and you know, just go out and find it and it, it'll all come with time. Right. Right I on. get that. Just yeah. enjoy the process because that's what it is. I mean, I feel like I'm been learn. I still learn stuff every time I go out into the woods, and definitely know I don't know it all. And when I think I do, I get fooled by the deer <laughs> every time. So yeah, that's the th- uh, it's just all these new people. You know, even if they're listening to this, you just you see everybody killing everything, and you want to do that too. But I mean, just it just takes time, and you can't. You know, it's not an overnight process. So. Yeah, everybody wants. Uh, we live in the the quick fix type world now, where you can get everything off Amazon in a day. And now everybody thinks they can either listen to a podcast or look at YouTube, and then they're going to have it all figured out and go out day one. And I still try to say it's, it takes time. I mean, it, it may does. take a couple of years before you kill a deer <laughs> in some of these places. Yeah, and just enjoy it all, because I mean, now that I'm getting older, I, I enjoy the just the whole the chess match, the game. I mean, I have just as much fun doing the scouting and finding all the signs because then you have that anticipation of 
you know, he's here or you have, you're in the game, you have that spot, instead of just trying to kill something and put it on Facebook and crash everybody. <laughs> I mean, I like that part too. Yeah. When you earn it, it feels so much better. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can I can speak to that for like directly. Hunting Florida has been a challenge for me, especially the public land. It's it's been a very long three or four years, and only now do I start to feel like I'm actually starting to, you know, put the pieces together. And if you were in any kind of hurry or impatient, or if anything besides the journey had been the focus, that would have just I think that would have broke most people. Yeah, it takes the fun out of it. Yeah, definitely. You need to you need to suffer a little bit. And just appreciate it more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, dude, I, I appreciate you taking time out your evening to speak with us. And I, I have a feeling we're going to have to have you back on at some point in time and either share some stories or dive deeper into what we've talked about. But where can uh, where can people find everything, Caleb? Uh, pretty much just on Facebook. Just look up my name. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram. It's uh, Lead Archer 52 but I'm mostly on Facebook, but if anybody wants to ask me anything or whatever, or come to Arkansas, I'm always down to meet new people. And <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> well, okay, guys, that is another episode. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate Caleb taking time out of his evening because he's up late this evening talking deer hunting, even though I think you can kind of tell he enjoys it. So, until next time, check out the YouTube channel. We've got hunting videos that are dropping. But most importantly, no matter what you do, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.